Welcome to Invest Stories. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking for that next step or a newbie investor not sure where to start, Invest Stories unlocks the mindset, strategies, and techniques of high performers across business, real estate, and investing to help you level up your journey to financial freedom. This is Invest Stories Monday Mindset. Booyah! Whoa. Run out, run out yeah, of air. Yeah, I was drawn out there. I heard that one. <laughs> Welcome to the Investories podcast with me, John Hooper, your host, and my co-host. Kyle Robertson. Co-host. Co-host. Uh, yeah. How you doing, Kyle? Good, man. Not doing too bad. How about you? Good. Yeah, the sun. Actually, the sun's not out. I was going to say the sun's out. No, it's not. Is it not? It's, it's, a, San Diego. it's a gray day down in San Diego. Yeah. No way. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I haven't seen clouds in like six weeks up here in Oregon. It's ridiculous. Just heat wave after heat wave. I mean, it's barely reaching below 90 on a daily basis, which is just insane for Oregon. Kyle, as much as I love talking about the weather as a British man, um, <laughs> we have something important to talk about, which is our YouTube channel. Oh, Who doesn't love YouTube? I love YouTube. If you're listening to this, go on, go on YouTube. Actually, click the link in the show notes. Efficient. We'll do it for you. And go subscribe watch a video, like it, help us to monetize. And hopefully we're adding value. So help, you know, help us help you and we'll know that you like it and you can keep adding value. And if you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. Keep doing that. It's right there. Just click it. Yeah. It's really Just low effort. Just a button. Yeah. So anyway, that, that aside, what, what have you been up to this week? Oh, my wife's doing a garage sale right now. So wow. I'm at the office. <laughs> <laughs> she's is she selling all of your things all of the things yeah yeah well we're getting ready to move because oh. uh we're not really getting ready to move we still got a few months yet but we're trying to downgrade all of the stuff you know that accumulates Just get rid of it all. and uh well because we because of course we have to buy new stuff because it's a new house right can't don't can't bring it. anything over from the old house because that would just be sacrilege but yeah anyways she's she's selling all of our stuff and um like all the stuff that we don't use i guess for the most part so i'm, I'm hanging out at the office trying to stay out of that madness Keeping a low profile. Yeah. Like what about you? What have you been up to the uh, last however long it's been since we recorded last? I, I, yeah, I've been doing a bit of deal analysis. Oh. I've been um, analyzing a seller finance deal, and then I've been finding out that actually the seller financing has gone away. So I see. that's interesting. Uh, and yeah, just running some numbers and trying to buy something. Where's this place which at? It's kind of exciting. It is in Ohio. Ohio. Cashflow Ohio. Yeah. I like it. Okay. What'd you like about Ohio? Yeah. Uh, so I like my uh, my preferred strategy is going to be the hybrid between midterm and long term. Okay. So kind of a flex of a building, uh, and I have uh, family in Ohio or or wife's family in Ohio, so I know kind of contacts there. Uh, there's a couple of people I know in real estate there, so I kind of have boots on the ground to um, to kind of help me out there. So that's one piece. The other piece is a little bit of cash flow. A uh, little bit of, I guess, a punt on rolling the dice on a, a growing, <laughs> a growing population in certain cities. Uh, but there's a couple of areas I, I really like the look of. So uh, yeah, that's been the the driver really. I haven't heard a lot of people talk bad about Ohio from an investing standpoint. Um, we've had a handful of people on here, some syndicators who are from Ohio, um, and and I think that most a lot of people are focusing over there on that area. So maybe I'll have to go over there and give you some competition, John. I don't know. We'll see. At least get me, let me get started, Kyle. Come on. No, screw the competition. We'll just partner. Let's just partner. Yeah, yeah, that's, that yeah. sounds good. I'll find you a good deal. Competitions for the birds. 
No, that's fine. Um, and if you're in Ohio or anywhere else in the world, why not check out our Instagram, Investories uh, Pod at Instagram. No, Thank that's, you for that's watching Investories. Don't forget to like, yeah, share, and subscribe. At gmail .com. Thank you for that listening to Investories. Oh. If you like what uh, you, if you have heard, any questions please consider or sharing topic, and writing a five-star review. Ask questions, maybe this is Investories Monday Mindset. Thank you for listening to Investories. We'll be back tomorrow with Tuesday Techniques. This is Investories Tuesday Techniques. Thank you for listening to Investories. We'll be back tomorrow with Wednesday Wins. Kyle, who have we got on the show today? This is Investories Wednesday Wins. Is a good buddy of mine. Thank you for um, listening to Investories. Investor buddies Check out for the, the last full couple show of years on Friday on YouTube. Met up and wherever over you get in, your uh, podcast in Hawaii a couple of times, and and went through some some training programs over there, which was fantastic. And we just stayed in contact. You know, when you when you get into these these mastermind groups and and uh, you know, master class groups, whatever you want to call them, you know, you you, you bond some very deep relationships with people and. Um, Jesse and I have, have somewhat stayed in contact and just kind of follow on each other's stories, mostly through social media. And I wanted to get him on and, and kind of see where he's at and what he's doing. Cause you know, two years ago, his business wasn't big, but he's, he's grown exponentially since then. And, uh, he does run a, a wholesale company uh, with a total of six employees. And, uh, he talks about how he got his start into that and also still having some time for investing in his own personal portfolio. And uh, he's got some really interesting things to say, some great things to say, and uh, some profound things to say, as you'll as you'll hear in the recording. So check this one out. Yeah, a lot of authenticity, a lot about values and, and kind of living those values and, and not kind of compromising them. Yeah. And also really cool, like mindset, how he kind of got started and kind of hustled really in the, in the interim to kind of get started. Yeah. So there's a lot of lessons to take away from like such a such a kind of um broad worldview rather than kind of how narrow we often are uh informative years so uh yeah without further ado here's jesse and welcome to the investories podcast we have jesse nguyen here with us today jesse thanks for coming on the show man yeah thanks a lot kyle appreciate it man so i've i for the for the listeners i've known jesse for man it's going on two years now i guess right isn't that when we had our our first our first first big meeting over there on the on the maui i think it was right yeah summer of 2021 i can't believe it's been that long i know there. right i know man a lot of things have changed in the last couple of years i'm kind of excited to get into your story and let our listeners listen to to what you've done and where you've gone and, and some of the some of the life changes that you've had over the last couple of years. Um, if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us the broad strokes and, and background and how you got to where you're at, Jesse, uh, just kind of give us the the once over for, for all of our listeners. Yeah, for sure. So currently I live in Delaware. I've been living here since 2011. And over the last 12 years, this place has kind of exploded in a ton of New things have come in and like the one I grew up in the University of Delaware town. So I've watched that place go from like, you know, really small buildings to now having multiple hotels on the main strip. It's kind of insane. But for the most part, the people who go to the University of Delaware, they're from like PA, New Jersey, uh, New York, like Long Island, Staten Island people. It's just like I I went to college at a at University of Delaware, which is basically like a regional school. Where I study entrepreneurship is kind of silly because it's like, why do you need a study to be an entrepreneur? But one of the big things at that moment was I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. In high school, towards the back end, uh, my uncle was talking to me about nutrition, how it was going to be like a booming field. So I actually 
applied for the nutrition major, even applied to go to Tufts University, which is top tier ranked school. But it was also like, I don't know, 60 to 80,000. I forgot what, what the exact cost was per year. And then I had I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad that summer, along with like 25 to 30 other books. I read a whole ton the summer of 2017, going into my freshman year of college. And it completely transformed my mindset. And I decided I'm going to stay in Delaware, in which I changed over to do nutrition at Delaware. And then before the classes even started, I just switched into entrepreneurship because I didn't want to be uh, an undeclared business major. So then, you know, I went into study entrepreneurship and one of the big draws that I didn't even know that they had, but what kept me around was there was actually a guy who he had been part of a company that had started the whole revolution of RFID technology. And he had exited a nine figure company. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is just volunteering wow. his time to teach these students, you know, about entrepreneurship, talk about this customer discovery, talk about if you're even, if your solution is even viable, is it even something that people want, or is it just a nice to have? So, you know, a lot of people joke around talk about, you know, why do you need to go study entrepreneurship, just go out there and get after it. But really, I think it laid some good base work for me in terms of networking for one part, which everyone talks about the networking in college, but the second part was understanding product market fit, you know? And uh, I think that even applies within real estate because there's many different types of products, whether you're in lending or investing or being a realtor, there's a lot of different types of products. There's a lot of different customers. You need to find a fit. You need to find your niche. Makes and, a lot of sense. You know, I'm, really, I'm, really, I'm really grateful that all these lessons kind of happened to me. I didn't intentionally plan it out. So, so yeah, and that's I, I'd happened. like to interrupt you for a second and, and just ask, because we've, we've had a handful of people on here uh, who are college educated. And uh, that's it's a super fascinating question that, that I have. I, I also have a college degree. And um, regardless of my own feelings of it, it's kind of almost mixed 50-50, John, I'd, I'd say, where people are thinking they're either it's a good idea or it was a bad idea or it was a waste of money or they got so much experience and knowledge out of you know, maybe not the specific field that they were studying in, but just the experiences of being in college and learning from people, you know, different perspectives that it was 100% worth it. Was your college life in hindsight, Jesse, do you feel like, I mean, would you do it over again if you had to do it again? Oh, 100%. I would do it over again because one of my biggest value that I got from college was being part of a Christian ministry where, you know, five of the guys who are part of my wedding, you know, my best man and my groomsmen all part of that college ministry. I've met some of the best people who were also in alignment with me in terms of core values and growth mindset that I could have ever met. And they didn't even do business, but they always challenged me, you know, to find a deeper meaning and purpose in the things that I was doing and making sure that I was actually working towards something that was actually fulfilling, glorifying to God and ultimately filled my soul. That's that's so. I love that. I love the, the the fulfillment piece and kind of finding kindred people is is really interesting. That was certainly my college experience. I'm not sure I would um would trade it. Uh, I I do wonder is there a real estate investing um degree? I wonder if that exists. It probably should do, right? It definitely does exist somewhere <laughs> does. out there, but not in my college. We actually had a real estate investment class, but the guy who had taught the class was more so one of those old boys 
uh, club type of guys. <laughs> and it's just like, it's not like the, the type of meetup that I run nowadays where we're just constantly giving and giving and giving and trying to get people their first deal and trying to build that financial freedom or help them figure out their goals, you know? So it's not what it is today. No, I think that I, I, I'm kind of new in the real estate. I'm late to the real estate space, I guess, is the is the better way to frame it. Um, one thing you said was really interesting. And I think this is like when you're young, but also like any time in life is rich dad, poor dad comes up with us a, a ton. Right. So many people uh, read that book and that's kind of the catalyst. And you said you then dived into kind of tons of other books. Yeah. what like what was the kind of driver behind that was it like a switch in mindset was it getting serious was there because a, a young age to kind of take that on board is is kind of impressive to to kind of distill that down yeah i think one of the biggest drivers to me reading all those different books where i wanted to understand who i was develop my own set of values in addition to figuring out where is my place in this world in terms of, okay, where am I going to develop skills that match my personality, that match the, the flow of life that I want to live? And I was just in self-discovery mode reading all those books because in this lifetime, if you just go to, say you just go to college and you just go to college just to get a degree, just to get a job, and then you got everything taken away from you would you need to invest all those years again to get back to where you are? Or would you be able to start at a totally different place based off of the skills that you built, the network, that, the relationships that you have, and what you have already accomplished, you know, that you built up to the point that you lost everything. That, you know? that's so, that is so yes. fascinating. Sorry, Carl, because no, I good. want to get on my soapbox, which Please. is I went, to a, I went to an average high school, comprehensive school in, in the UK, right? And my career's guidance was, do you want to go and work at the Honda factory? No one asked me, what are you good at? What do you want to be good at? What are you, in, what are you interested in? Uh, so I, I kind of went through IT route, sales route, went to college, all that stuff. Um, but, but it's only kind of in my later stages of, of kind of the last few years that I've been like, well, what do I like doing? What am I good at? What do I want to do? Uh, all that kind of alignment piece. And no one does that in high school um, up, which is kind of weird, right? I think there's a there's value to that. Yeah, for sure. I think people just lack the curiosity and drive. Maybe you would call it ambition. It's crazy because um, I go through this hiring phase here and there in my company. And, you know, I got some really fantastic, amazing people at my company who are very driven, have that initiative themselves. And then sometimes you come across somebody, say like just in a, outside of your company or just on the streets, or maybe you're doing a, a group project in the community or something. And then some people are just asking you such basic questions. They're just like, dude, just turn left. The answer's right over there. No, they're gonna go ask the leader. They're gonna go ask someone else whom they think has the answer. When it's literally just like, be a little bit more resourceful. I think a lot of people are just not very resourceful, which is a drawback in today's day and age. Yeah, I want to I want to reiterate something that Jesse just said that was actually pretty profound. Maybe maybe he doesn't think it, but um, he, he said matching your skills to your personality. Now, I mean, I don't think people think of it so much like that, especially when you're young. What is the one thing that young people are looking for, especially if they're thinking about college? They're they're thinking about money, right? I mean, they're thinking about all right, what's going to give me 
the best lifestyle that I can possibly get. And unfortunately, and here, here comes my soapbox. Unfortunately, everybody wants money to be at, at the top of that list. And the fact of the matter, you, you start thinking about these things more so in hindsight, once you've you know, finally gotten to the point where you're financially comfortable, but maybe you're still not happy. You're like, God, why am I not happy? Here I am just slaying it in the real estate game or in the business game. And I've just got, you know, I'm swimming in the, the, the coin silo, like Scrooge McDuck over here, but I just, I'm just absolutely miserable. It's because you didn't match your skills to your personality. You know, there's so many different ways that you can, you can complement what it is that, that you enjoy in this field that's still lucrative of, of real estate. And people just don't think of it that way. So Jesse, what did you do? What did you find that made, that actually complemented the, your personality? What skills did you find that, that helped you build this business that you're, that you're just knocking out of the park in? And, and even talk about your business, what it is specifically that you do. Yeah. So going back a couple of steps before I even went to college, I was running a lawn mowing service in the summers and it was a push mower and my parents, I'm very fortunate that my parents even had a pickup truck and they even let me take the lawn mowing equipment out and go uh, find my own clients. And I drove across town within like five to 10 mile radius. I had like 10 clients, everyone paying me $30 a pop every other week. And one of the things that I really enjoyed in doing that was being able to take initiative, being able to do the customer interface and making sure that people were happy with the work that I was providing them. And over time, having done every single aspect of the company, some not even that well, cause I'm not a super organized person, but I think I'm pretty decent when it comes to inspiring people, when it comes to hyping people up, when it comes to, uh, you know, selling a dream and a vision and getting the right people involved in order to make that happen. I think I could do all that, but in terms of organizing all the pieces in place and making sure I got all my ducks in a row, not so much. And that's why I'm grateful to have my wife right now in our current business. But, uh, you know, to, to this day, I'm sticking in my lane of what I think I do best. Right now I'm sitting in the disposition seat inside our company, uh, in which you know, I interact with the sellers in the selling of their house. And within my company, I have somebody who does acquisition in which I also partake in like the brainstorming of, Hey, what kind of extra strategy are we going to exit on? Uh, it's a small company. So we talk to each other multiple times throughout the day and make decisions together. And in the back end, I'm taking care of, um, making sure the seller has exactly what they need and that they have the logistics necessary in order to get to, to where they are. And at the end of the day, we get the house sold and my, my company is able to generate a profit in order to pay for the different roles as well as pay myself for, you know, the commission sales job. So I really do enjoy what I'm doing, even though it's crazy because the beginning of my journey, I was in real estate to pursue financial freedom. And once I hit a certain point, like super lean financial freedom, where like, I live in a quadplex right now. And then I have like, I have between like 15 and 20 doors. I don't even know what I have anymore, but it's like, <laughs> I have enough, I have enough. It's just like, I hit that point. I could have been totally comfortable, not really work much harder, maybe do like two, three flips a year, make a hundred, 150 grand and move on with my life. But I felt like I was called to a lot more in terms of leading people in terms to enriching other people's lives, helping them reach their goals 
and their dreams and, and, and making sure that, you know, they live a, you know, they push themselves to a higher standard to achieve their potential. That's what I'm really invested in. And honestly, that's what I'm building my mission around. Um, so I'm, I'm not really in real estate to make money like as the end game, as much as like how many people in terms of sellers and investors do we think we can help? You know, that's kind of the game now. That's the metric. And just for, for purposes of clarification for our listeners, wholesaling or real estate broker or both, which one are you mostly focusing on right now? Or are you just oh, doing on fix the wholesale side. on the wholesale side? And you're, do you also do yeah. fix and flips in your free time? Free, free time. Uh, What's yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's part of the business. Uh, no, so I'm a partner in a general contracting company with my dad. He has three other guys Very that cool. work along with him. We do a special, it's like a, it's called like Wholesale 2.0, where we're actually novating the deals. And when I say novation, it's basically us putting a house under contract with a seller, getting a legal power of attorney to list the property, accept offers on their behalf, in which then we may make uh, certain repairs, whether they're cosmetic or structural, you know, we keep it within a $25,000 or less budget. And then we're on the back end making 2x in terms of revenue. So Interesting. You know, we'll put 25 in, we'll make anywhere between 40 and six. Like forty and eighty thousand dollars. So you're doing of all of this. Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jesse. You're doing all of this before you list this as in a wholesale role. You you don't actually close on this property, then, correct? No, we never close it because transfer taxes in Delaware are four percent, so two percent on the seller and two percent on the buyer side. So by eliminating that, you know, transaction to us and then selling it back out, we actually are able to pay sellers more money, and then we're also able to outbid a lot of wholesalers who are just offering cash and they're one trick pony. And at the end of the day, we're actually offering a lot of value to these sellers because they like seeing us put a little bit of skin in the game. We also record a mortgage that secures our interest in the property and our paperwork mm. is very tight. So, and the expectations in the sales process is very clear. So if we were to have any type of dispute, we can always go back to the contract. We can always go back to the conversations because it's just like, Hey, Mr. Seller, weren't we committed to this entire process of getting here? And this is what we're doing. Like we try to confirm exactly what the game plan is before we even like swing a hammer at their property. Super interesting. Can can I ask about the evolution of that strategy? Because there sounds like there's a couple of things, right? In wholesaling, we're seeing like a trend in differentiation. Mm -hmm. So people are trying to do it differently for marketing reasons, essentially. It seems like there's a great spin on that, but it seems like there's more a core kind of value decision or core like what do we want to be doing and what value do we want to be bringing kind of decision. How did that evolve, that that strategy from just pure wholesaling? We were seeing a lot of cash wholesale deals dry up within our market and we were trying to survive just on those type of deals. And unfortunately, it's like as nice as those deals are, they don't really pay very much. It pays between five and $15,000, which may sound like a lot, but when you're running a company with six other people, it's just like, there's not a lot at all. <laughs> and then, uh, what's it called? The old way of wholesaling, people were not very transparent. They didn't really tell the seller that, hey, I'm not your buyer. I'm actually assigning the contract and making money off of this. My buddy is gonna buy it or I'm gonna send it to my list of buyers. And we had to 
we felt really uneasy about that because it went against our core values of having integrity and you know serving people and when i was challenged by that by a guy on my team i was just like you're right i don't even feel that good about it like this business kind of sucks well then we went to a mastermind down in florida called the collective genius and this guy named eric brewer who's been doing it since 2007 he's been doing this exact method but he does even less work than we do <laughs> he's just an expert salesperson <laughs> but he's been doing this method of transferring title from seller to, to end buyer and having like a limited power of attorney forever and it all allows us to make thin deals work that you know a lot of sellers can't do 50 cents on a dollar but they could do 75 cents on a dollar because they know that you're going to need to spend like 10 cents and then you're going to make a 15 cent profit minus we also pay their transfer taxes and closing costs and we do our own disposition via a flat fee agent. So all we do is pay a buyer's commission, a buyer's agent commission. So we pay for all of that and lay that out to our seller. And they're really happy because honestly, they don't really like, there's a lot of people who don't like realtors, which is insane to me, but they exist. And that's kind of like a good chunk of our business. I think 80. Thank you for listening to Invest Stories. We'll be back tomorrow with Tuesday Techniques. Please consider sharing and writing a five-star review. Check out the full show on Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.